0: Proposal and ratification. Proposal in Congress. In 1911, the House of Representatives passed House Joint Resolution 39 proposing a constitutional amendment for direct election of Senators. The original resolution passed by the House contained the following clause. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for Senators shall be as prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. This so-called race rider clause would have strengthened the powers of states over senatorial elections and weakened those of Congress by overriding Congress's power to override state laws affecting the manner of senatorial elections. Since the turn of the century, most blacks in the South, and many poor whites, had been disenfranchised by state legislatures passing constitutions with provisions that were discriminatory in practice. This meant that their millions of population had no political representation. Most of the South had one-party states. When the resolution came before the Senate, a substitute resolution, one without the rider, was proposed by Joseph L. Bristow of Kansas. It was adopted by a vote of 64-24, with four not voting. Nearly a year later, the House accepted the change. The conference report that would become the 17th Amendment was approved by the Senate 42-36 on April 12, 1912, and by the House 238-39, with 110 not voting on May 13, 1912. Ratification by the states. Having been passed by Congress, the amendment was sent to the states for ratification and was ratified by 1. Massachusetts, May 22, 1912. 2. Arizona, June 3, 1912. 3. Minnesota, June 10, 1912. 4. New York, January 15, 1913. 5. Kansas, January 17, 1913. 6. Oregon, January 23, 1913. 7. North Carolina, January 25, 1913. 8. California, January 28, 1913. 9. Michigan, January 28, 1913. 10. Iowa, January 30, 1913. 11. Montana, January 30, 1913. 12. Idaho, January 31, 1913. 13. West Virginia, February 4, 1913. 14. Colorado, February 5, 1913. 15. Nevada, February 6, 1913. 16. Texas, February 7, 1913. 17. Washington, February 7, 1913. 18. Wyoming, February 8, 1913. 19. Arkansas, February 11, 1913. 20. Maine, February 11, 1913. 21. Illinois, February 13, 1913. 22. North Dakota, February 14, 1913. 23. Wisconsin, February 18, 1913. 24. Indiana, February 19, 19, 1913. 25. New Hampshire, February 19, 19, 1913. 26. Vermont, February 19, 19, 1913. 27. South Dakota, February 19, 19, 1913. 28. Oklahoma, February 24, 1913. 29. Ohio, February 25, 1913. 30. Missouri, March 7, 1913. 31. New Mexico, March 13, 1913. 32. Nebraska, March 14, 1913. 33. New Jersey, March 17, 1913. 34. Tennessee, April 1, 1913. 35. Pennsylvania, April 2, 1913. 36. Connecticut, April 8, 1913. With 36 states having ratified the 17th Amendment, it was certified by Secretary of State William Jennings Bryan on May 31, 1913, as part of the Constitution. The amendment has subsequently been ratified by. 37. Louisiana, June 11, 1914. 38. Alabama, April 11, 2002. 39. Delaware, July 1, 2010, after rejecting the amendment on March 18, 1913. 40. Maryland, April 1, 2012. 41. Rhode Island, June 20, 2014. The Utah Legislature rejected the amendment on February 26, 1913. No action on the amendment has been completed by Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, South Carolina, Virginia, Alaska, or Hawaii. Alaska and Hawaii were not yet states at the time of the amendment's proposal, and have never taken any official action to support or oppose the amendment since achieving statehood. Effect. Most importantly, the 17th Amendment removed state government representation from the legislative arm of the federal government. Originally, the people themselves did not elect senators, instead, states appointed senators. The senators represented the state's interests, while the House of Representatives represented the interests of the people. The 17th Amendment altered the process for electing United States senators and changed the way vacancies would be filled. Originally, the Constitution required state legislatures to fill Senate vacancies. According to Judge Bybee, The 17th Amendment had a dramatic impact on the political composition of the U.S. Senate. Before the Supreme Court required one man, one vote in Reynolds v. Sims, 1964, malapportionment of state legislatures was common. For example, rural counties and cities could be given equal weight in the state legislatures, enabling one rural vote to equal 200 city votes. The malapportioned state legislatures would have given the Republicans control of the Senate in the 1916 Senate elections. With direct election, each vote represented equally, and the Democrats retained control of the Senate. The reputation of corrupt and arbitrary state legislatures continued to decline as the Senate joined the House of Representatives implementing popular reforms. Bybee has argued that the amendment led to complete ignominy for state legislatures without the buttress of a state-based check on Congress. In the decades following the 17th Amendment, the federal government was enabled to enact progressive measures. However, Schleiches argues that the separation of state legislatures and the Senate had a beneficial effect on the states, as it led state legislative campaigns to focus on local rather than national issues. New Deal legislation is another example of expanding federal regulation overruling the state legislatures promoting their local state interests in coal, oil, corn and cotton. Ewer agrees, saying that not only is each senator now free to ignore his state's interests, Senators have incentive to use their advice and consent powers to install Supreme Court justices who are inclined to increase federal power at the expense of state sovereignty. Over the first half of the 20th century, with a popularly elected Senate confirming nominations, both Republican and Democratic, the Supreme Court began to apply the Bill of Rights to the states, overturning state laws whenever they harmed individual state citizens. It aimed to limit the influence of the wealthy. Filling Vacancies The 17th Amendment requires a governor to call a special election to fill vacancies in the Senate. It also allows a state's legislature to permit its governor to make temporary appointments, which last until a special election is held to fill the vacancy. Currently, all but five states, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Wisconsin, permit such appointments. The Constitution does not set out how the temporary appointee is to be selected. First direct elections to the Senate. Oklahoma, admitted to statehood in 1907, chose a senator by legislative election three times, twice in 1907, when admitted, and once in 1908. In 1912, Oklahoma re-elected Robert Owen by advisory popular vote. Oregon held primaries in 1908 in which the parties would run candidates for that position, and the state legislature pledged to choose the winner as the new senator. New Mexico, admitted to statehood in 1912, chose only its first two senators legislatively. Arizona, admitted to statehood in 1912, chose its first two senators by advisory popular vote. Alaska, and Hawaii, admitted to statehood in 1959, have never chosen a U.S. senator legislatively. The first election subject to the 17th Amendment was a late election in Georgia held June 15, 1913. Augustus Octavius Bacon was however unopposed. The first direct elections to the Senate following the 17th Amendment being adopted were in Maryland on November 4, 1913, a Class I special election due to a vacancy, for a term ending in 1917. In Alabama on May 11, 1914, a Class 3 special election due to a vacancy, for a term ending in 1915. Nationwide in 1914, all 32 Class 3 senators, term 1915 to 1921. Nationwide in 1916, all 32 Class I senators, term 1917 to 1923 nationwide in 1918, all 32 Class II Senators, term 1919-1925. Court Cases and Interpretation Controversies. In Trincy v. Pennsylvania, 1991, the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit was faced with a situation where, following the death of Senator John Hines of Pennsylvania, Governor Bob Casey had provided for a replacement and for a special election that did not include a primary. A voter and prospective candidate, John S. Trincy Jr., argued that the lack of a primary violated the 17th Amendment and his right to vote under the 14th Amendment. The Third Circuit rejected these arguments, ruling that the 17th Amendment does not require primaries. Another subject of analysis is whether statutes restricting the authority of governors to appoint temporary replacements are constitutional. Vikram Amar, writing in the Hastings Constitutional Law Quarterly, claims Wyoming's requirement that its governor fill a senatorial vacancy by nominating a person of the same party as the person who vacated that seat violates the 17th Amendment. This is based on the text of the 17th Amendment, which states that the legislature of any state may empower the executive thereof to make temporary appointments. The amendment only empowers the legislature to delegate the authority to the governor and, once that authority has been delegated, does not permit the legislature to intervene the authority is to decide whether the governor shall have the power to appoint temporary senators, not whom the governor may appoint. Sanford Levinson, in his rebuttal to Amar, argues that rather than engaging in a textual interpretation, those examining the meaning of constitutional provisions should interpret them in the fashion that provides the most benefit, and that legislature's being able to restrict gubernatorial appointment authority provides a substantial benefit to the states. Reform and Repeal Efforts Notwithstanding controversies over the effects of the 17th Amendment, advocates have emerged to reform or repeal the amendment. Under President Barack Obama's administration in 2009, four sitting Democratic senators left the Senate for executive branch positions. Barack Obama, President, Joe Biden, Vice President, Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, and Ken Salazar, Secretary of the Interior controversies developed about the successor appointments made by Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich and New York Governor David Patterson. New interest was aroused in abolishing the provision for the Senate appointment by the governor. Accordingly, Senator Russ Feingold of Wisconsin and Representative David Dreyer of California proposed an amendment to remove this power. Senators John McCain and Dick Durbin became co-sponsors, as did Representative John Conyers. Some members of the Tea Party movement argued for repealing the 17th Amendment entirely, claiming it would protect states' rights and reduce the power of the federal government. On March 2, 2016, the Utah legislature approved Senate Joint Resolution No. 2 asking Congress to offer an amendment to the United States Constitution that would repeal the 17th Amendment. As of 2010, no other states had supported such an amendment, and some politicians who had made statements in favor of repealing the amendment had subsequently reversed their position on this. On July 28, 2017, after Senators John McCain, Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski voted no on Affordable Care Act repeal attempt Health Care Freedom Act. Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee endorsed the repeal on the 17th Amendment, claiming that senators chosen by state legislatures will work for their states and respect the 10th Amendment, and also that direct election of senators is a major cause of the swamp. In September 2020, Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska endorsed the repeal of the 17th Amendment in a Wall Street Journal opinion piece. The text of this podcast is sourced from the Wikipedia Foundation under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The written text has been altered for voice presentation. To view the modified and original text versions visit thelegalpages.com. The content of this podcast is presented for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be legal or professional advice. The Wikipedia Foundation is not affiliated with this podcast.